We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you at the delightful time of 9.15 on December 7th. Unfortunately, we come to you a little early with the Mavericks falling to the Brooklyn Nets, 102-99. to Josh, how are you? <sighs> I'm tired, Kirk. I thought I had reached, like, I thought I had reached a mental state where, like, the Mavericks being bad won't hurt me anymore. Uh, but what I saw in the final thirty seconds just broke broke my brain. And well, let's start. I'm, with I'm that. a defeated. Let's man. start with that, please. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Walk us through. Walk us through why. So, because I have a take, but I'd rather hear yours. So the Mavericks, you know, the Nets are trying to put the game away. They're up three with the ball. Uh, you know, James Harden gets in the paint, finds Nick Claxton, the Nets' bouncy center, who is awful at free throws. Mavericks smartly foul him near the basket. He misses both. Uh, off the second miss, Luca gets the rebound, and he gets the rebound with about 20 seconds left. And the Mavericks, down three, 20 seconds left, rebounding a, a missed shot, basically, you know, missed free throw. And Luca rebounded the missed free throw of all people. They call a timeout. And not only do they call a timeout, they call their final timeout. Down three with 20 seconds left walk us through why that's stupid because because you're in a normal situation when you're down three with 20 left what is like the common knowledge get a quick two try to extend extend the game make it a free throw shooting contest extend the game as long as possible and luca having the ball is an advantage is yes and even okay so then even if it's like okay we don't want to extend the game we're going to go for the three here yes luca rebounding the ball on a missed free throw is much more of an advantage than inbounding the ball. Um, So if you're trying to extend the game, which I don't think the Mavs were, as we saw after the possession, but still like you need to keep that final timeout in your pocket. until you absolutely have to call it because calling a timeout 
with 20 seconds left and you have the ball down three is not like a, you know, an emergency situation. What are you going to do if the Mavericks would have got, you know, made it a free throw shooting contest, got a quick two, Nets shoot free throws, Mavericks get a quick two, Nets shoot free throws, and there's like three seconds left and you're down three and you have no timeouts. And guess what? You have to take a half court heave or you get fouled in the backcourt and the game is over. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to call that timeout there. Even, and then, you know, even if you want to go for the three, there's still no reason because your God playmaker clutch shot maker Luca just rebounded the ball on a missed free throw and you can run the ball right back down up the floor instead you call a timeout you let the nets get the lineup that they want in to guard the final possession and you lose and it's what well and and just allow me one second because I'm like an infomercial host and wait my friends there's more what happened after that uh the Mavericks put three bigs in on the floor Which three bigs Kristaps Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba Okay, so a, a big who's a flopping, you know, screen setting something or other, who's a rim runner, he might lead the team in three-point shooting percentage, but that's because of an act of God, not because he's a good three-point shooter, right? Right. <laughs> and then Maxi Kleba, who is a standstill, you know, old man at the that's YMCA okay. three-point shooter. But that's still okay. And then Chris Stops, who I think is shooting like 30% from three this year. Yes, but do you know uh, who did not want the ball on that last play? Uh, you, you, you tell me, cause I'm kind of still thinking about some other stuff. Chris Stapps was hunting to hand someone off. So <laughs> to, to walk us through what happened, Luca did the thing, which we've seen him do a hundred times, which was a step back three from about 40 feet. It didn't go in. I want to say Powell grabbed the offensive rebound. I should probably have the game log up. So, you know, I'd like nine people yell at me and be like, oh, he, they grabbed the offensive rebound. And I'm like, okay, again, b- bad process, bad process. <laughs> I actually know oh, Chris Stapp's got the offensive rebound. Yeah. Excuse me. It's um, pretty funny because I almost wonder if that that has to be why he played three bigs. Because think about, and this is another thing, and this is another thing that the Mavericks have to figure out with Luka or, you know, Everyone knows it's Luca shooting a step back three from the left wing. That's what the Maver- they don't. This was Carlisle thing. It's a kid thing. It's a Luca thing. He refu- like I don't know if they draw something mm-hmm. up and he blows right. it off, or they don't even draw <laughs> up anything because they know what he's gonna do. So I almost wonder if kid was like, "Fuck it, man. If you want to do that, then I'm gonna put three bigs on the floor so we can maybe grab the offensive rebound." And That's they did, and it's kind of funny. Uh, but still, it's still like. I mean, even if you want to grab the offensive rebound, I mean, is Dwight Powell one of your better? Is he even one of your better no. rebounders? Like, so, I love me some Dwight. Like he, we kick him a lot the floor, but, in the in the final possession. No, I mean he played a lot of fourth quarter minutes. I know, but was he on the floor did. for that? Oh, but was Dorian on the floor to end the no. game? No, it was. He's it was your best digs. offensive rebounder. Yeah. Oh, I, that's a really good point. <laughs> if you want an offensive rebound, just leave Dorian in. Yeah, Dorian had two offensive rebounds. Yeah, tonight. he's a great yeah. offensive rebounder. Yeah. So, and play, oh, and, well, and he can occasionally make a three. Although no one could make a three tonight. I don't. No. The timeout though, like that's you can you can uh, you know the the bigs he put in whatever we can come up with some galaxy brain reasoning. There's no excuse for the calling that timeout with 20 seconds left. That's bad. That's just no, and that's going to be something that's bad. That's something that's going to be missed by most people. Um, I think because it's like the, there was so much and it's like, look guys, like, I know you guys don't like us talking about this. I get the DMS. I see the comments. I see everything. It's okay. I know you guys don't like us talking about this, but the, we have like, we have a sample at this point. You might think he's a fine coach. He's still a downgrade. I don't want to kill him. 
you know, these guys aren't hitting shots. Like Reggie Bullock is a whopping 25 of 97 from three this season. Like that is bad. That's not Jason Kidd's fault, but I don't know. I I don't know. He's the main component that changed and things have (laughs) gone sideways. So he bears some responsibility. And then tonight, like, like tonight's game, this is just one of those things where you look at this and like, they scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. They needed a way to manufacture points. And there was simply no one, you know, it became, you talked about this. The fourth quarter became Luka Doncic do stuff. Everyone else stand around. We watched Dorian miss an and one opportunity. Porzingis miss an and one opportunity. Those two baskets alone, those two baskets that both of them should have made was the difference in the game. Uh, uh, Maxi Kleba missed a pair of free throws. Like what this game was in the fourth quarter were the same role players who we have come to know and appreciate being unable to execute along a pair of stars and Porzingis and Luca who also weren't very good, who also weren't very good. And, and it's really, really disappointing because, you know, we were talking in the, in the, in the, in the channel through most of the first three quarters, I felt like, and you mentioned this, this is your line. I'm stealing your thunder. You said after the first quarter, and I think this held for the first three quarters, this is one of the better process games that the Mavericks have had in terms of with what they've been trying to do and then results, right? Yeah, they look like a team got dropped in from outer space. Like this was not really fun. The Mavericks team that we saw at any point this season. Just Uh, just like Luca was in his bag. Like, you know, hitting open three point and like these are wide open shots and just, you know, when Dorian's four of nine and everyone else is a trash can, I I just, you know, I don't know what to do with that. I feel bad. And Dorian and Dorian missed two wide open. He was over two from three and fourth. Those those corner threes, you could, (laughs) you could lay down Boban in between him and the nearest defender. I had, uh, I had kind of a back and forth exchange with one of our longtime commenters who felt that we're too hard on Dorian and I don't, if we are okay, I don't mean to be, but it's more an instance of him having to do more, but it's just like this watching him do what he did only to regress. Like that fourth quarter was one of his worst offensive periods in an important game that I can remember. I mean, he missed those threes. He missed the end one, just really painful. And he was so good the rest of the game. I just, I don't know. It's disappointing because this one, this one really felt like they had, they had turned a corner um, and instead we're back to where, where we were. Yeah. And you play tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies team that is uh, riding high that just kicked your ass on your home floor a couple of days ago now without KP and without Luca. So we'll see, we'll see who plays tomorrow, but yeah, uh, I was really dis. I was really disappointed. I really thought the Mavericks were going to win. I think I tweeted her like, you know, a couple hours before the game that I thought the Mavericks were going to win because, you know, even you have to admit, Kirk, that when this team over the last three years, when their backs are against the wall, they genuinely respond. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about how awful the team was last season during the COVID outbreak and you have to give it to that team the way they finished that season. And, you know, the minutes that guys are playing, like they really, they really turned it around after they got put in a hole that wasn't really their fault. Uh, this one's a little different because it is their fault that they're, that they're in the hole. Uh, but like we've seen over the last three years, like Luca typically doesn't have 
bad games in a row. You know, the Luca effect makes it to where losing streaks are, are uncommon, even if they might have some losing stretches of basketball. Yeah. Uh, and I just, you know, national TV, we know that Luca gets up for it against big time opponents on national TV. Like it just, you know, they were, they've been on, like Luke and KP hadn't played for like five days. Cause there was a pretty decent, you know, a couple days off between the Memphis game and this game. Like I really thought they were going to win. And I, and I, and you know, the first three quarters were, were great. And I thought what was really, what really is disappointing to me is the, the first half of basketball, the nets were sleepwalking. Uh, I don't think they had much interest in this game at all. I think they might've thought how poorly the Mavericks have been playing this season that they thought that they could give a C or B level effort and just still win. Mm. Um, this is and, a great take. And this isn't saying like that the Mavericks were lucky or whatever. I it's more to credit the Mavericks because they wanted it more and they clearly were more engaged and they cared more about this game. And that's mm-hmm. why they had a 17 point lead. And that's why they're up 12 at halftime. Like, like they're not that much better than the Nets roster wise, clearly, but if the Nets are going to sleepwalk, the Mavericks are absolutely good enough to punish them. And they punished them in the first half and parts of the third quarter. And that the third quarter, you know, the Nets only outscored them by one. And I really thought, okay, the Mavericks have, they've, they've held it, held their own. They've stabilized because you figured coming out of the locker room, the Nets were going to be like, okay, this is, this is, we got to cut this crap out and we got to play a real game. And they did. And they outscored the Mavericks, but only by one in the third. So I was like, 11 point lead, fourth quarter. The Mavericks just have to have another quarter like that, and they get a double digit win against one of the best teams in the league. Uh, and then it just it just fell apart, and it just like everything that they worked so hard for for three quarters, they just did the opposite, and they could not handle the pressure. And what really worried me was I saw some guys that seemed scared to shoot the ball in the final two or three minutes. Um, you know, Brunson I think passed up. A couple of a couple of looks in the corner that I remember specifically. You know, you talk yeah. about Kristaps passing up a couple of plays. Like that part worries me because that's like it felt like they immediately like as soon as things went bad, they immediately kind of shrugged their shoulders and went right into the bad habits. And that's that's really difficult to watch. So I want to kind of go person by person and talk about a few things because I think it's relevant, even though we have, I'll do a green room after a lot of Mavs content for you people who like suffering. Um, (laughs) So the first person we need to talk about is Luca. Um, Luca was, he had 28, nine and six, uh, really atrocious defense, only one turnover, which was interesting. Uh, The Mavs only had four turnovers as the team. Too many three pointers, three of 11 from three. Some really, um, like, shots that he could have made and just didn't. Uh, he got a technical foul, uh, letting uh, not sp- – almost said Speedy Claxton. Nick's Claxton, <laughs> Claxton get in his head. Very different um, players. And just, you know, it was one of – you know, a needless technical. Like, an obvious – like, you could see the wheels turning in his head being like, should I push him? Should I put? I should ah, – I'm going to push him. And then he put – and it's just obvious. And – you know, little mental mistakes are plaguing Luca. I think. Um, on top of the fact, and, you know, he's talking about his conditioning post-game because Tim McMahon actually said on the record today that Luca went into camp this year and last year at 260 pounds. 
It's way too and, close to my weight, and it really scares me for <laughs> okay, the reality of that. You know what? You didn't sign a, a nine two hundred million dollar contract I'm, this year. I'm like obese. That's not a good. That's that's what the worry comes from. That's well. You know, we can do it together, all three of us. You, me, and Luca. We will go on a diet together. I will pitch the Mavericks tomorrow. We will record. You know, whatever. But the, the, the point being with Luca is him. You know. A lot of the the Slovenian fans have been really they and I love you guys. So please don't like please yell at me again tomorrow. All these people are amazing, but I've had a couple of Slovenian fans kind of get on me and be like, "Kirk, this isn't fair. He's twenty two. He's he's shouldering a heavy load." I agree. I agree. But going from how he looked in Japan to how he looks now, like physically looks, is quite honestly difficult. I mean, he he said in the post game, he's like, oh, I I took three weeks off. I had a long summer. Maybe I, I took a little bit too long off. And <laughs> I mean, three, three weeks, weeks friendo. <laughs> like, what did you do in those three weeks? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, there there's always little. There's whispers here and there that he likes to go out. And I'm not going to knock any 22 year old that likes to do that. But you got to find a way to make this work within what works for your body. And you know, we've had a lot of talks the last several days about the Mavericks and rim attempts. Okay. Hear me, everyone. Rim attempts, not five foot floaters over people. Rim attempts. The Mavericks don't have very many and, and they've never had very many, but they're getting fewer than they did before. And I think it's making almost everything else they do harder. And Luca uh, kind of starts with that, right? Yeah. I mean, Kirk, first half, they were 14 and 15 in the restricted area. Second half, they were two or three. That's, that's, that's pathetic. That's the game, right? That's the game. Uh, that's the game. <laughs> so, I mean... so Luca, uh, I love you. Like you are my favorite player right now. Like watching basketball, the first half, the way things ended were magical. Second half was a mess. I'm kind of, ugh, but it all wasn't him. Everybody kind of went together. And then that leads us to the second guy. I think we got to talk about and Chris Stapps Porzingis, who looked like a freaking all NBA player in the first half. Wasn't he? He was incredible. Uh, the the play where he had the block and then the half court alley oop pass to Tim Hardaway Jr. I was legit, like I was legitimately laughing at ha- like how absurdly good that play was. Like absurd. I couldn't, I, I couldn't even think. Like I couldn't even think straight. Like I was just laughing maniacally. Uh, he had five assists and only two turnovers. Like it was. It was, it was, he was put on a show and he was, it was as close around. to an ideal per- Porzingis first half as I could remember. He's going to yeah. come around on the three point shooting just like everybody else. Well, but, well, are they? Uh, I mean, the fact <laughs> remains like yeah. Porzingis shot six of 17 from the floor. Like yeah. that is terrible. And yeah. in the second half, I saw a lot of, of Nick's shitty Porzingis. Like, yeah, he was 0 of three in the fourth quarter. And how many? And only one of those was a three. I think he took two really crappy uh, long twos. Mm-hmm. So, and that you know, I don't. I hate to kick him because again, I really, I just love how he's moving. Everything seems to work in that regard. Um, I don't know. This this stinks. Um, yeah. Then we have you know a couple of more guys like like Hardaway was zero for seven from three. Bullock was zero for six from three. Like. Whatever you know, I, I like J- yeah. Jason Kidd in the post games, like talking about we're a jump shooting team that has to, that just isn't hitting shots, and I'm like, I, 
whatever these guys like they need to call a shaman like do something like this is getting dire the kind of misses that we're seeing like we need to like there's i'm thinking of a scene in ted lasso where they where they burn a bunch of stuff to like like get get rid of the ghosts and like this is nuts i've never (laughs) seen shooters like this where it's like there's some middle ground between what i've been arguing about with people in terms of i think they're not taking good enough shots and then they're also still missing a ton of shots (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the thing why everyone gets heated online because they want their point to be the main reason. And it's like, no, they're just missing shots. And you, when you try to counter with, well, you know, there's still some scheme. Like, no, they're just missing shots. And it's like, I, I agree with all of y'all. But, like, it, it can't be just that. It's not just that. Like, there definitely is some schematic things that they are doing that are, that are not as good as they were doing the last couple of years, like, you know, they're taking more mid-range shots, the share, you know, they're not taking as many corner threes. Um, you know, we stuff we've been talking about all year, you know, some of the, you know, they weren't a high rim rate team in the last two years, but they're still lower than they were. Mm-hmm. And those shots are going into the mid-range and they're going to above the break threes and they're not going into the corner and, you know, like, but then, you, you know, know. It's increasing the difficulty level. Like right. it's becoming like Mavericks Dark Souls. Like it's not... Right. Right. And it's it's obviously like their Jason Kidd is not the reason Reggie Bullock is missing, you know, or Dorian is missing a corner three with no one in front of him. But I'm just saying we can't just hand wave all of that away, like to one thing. Like when like when a team is struggling like this, it's a multitude. Like there's just a you know, it's a list of things that combine together and, and the open shots are probably the reason why they get called out so much is because they're the most they're the most frustrated they're the ones you can't explain away you know like you can explain away scheme and you can be like well if they did this or if they tweaked this and you can explain lineups and you can explain roster decisions and all that stuff but you cannot explain when a wide open basket a professional basketball player who is a good shooter it you know doesn't make anything like it's just human nature is you can't predict that sometimes like these guys aren't robots so I understand why that gets the most pub because it's by far the most frustrating thing about it. And it's the most unexplainable thing about it. But I mean, there just, there are some things this team is doing that aren't conducive to playing, you know, clean and good offensive basketball. Right. (laughs) It's true. I'm just like, I'm not even, I was so mad after that last game against the Grizzlies. And I was much madder when they were down 20. Like I deleted 250 words from my, from my recap that was talking about how teams that lose by double digits, like that's a big fucking problem. Um, But instead it's just like, like, I don't really, part of me doesn't really even understand what we're talking about here because I think that it's always like a mixed element of this is, is, you know, there's people in the stands now. So everyone across the league, like the shooting is down in no small part because of that. They changed the ball. And then what the Mavericks did was have shooters that were not really shooters and asking them to, it's just, it's it's not fair to continually ask so much of so many people who aren't quite good enough for it. I mean, Reggie Bullock has once again fallen into the Dallas Mavericks defense against the dark arts position where he just has it like, like, I mean, I, I I just I don't know what to do. I, I I mean, obviously we can't do anything, but like I'm I'm less I'm less mad about this one because it felt like steps in the right direction for seventy five percent of the game, and then they just collapsed. Yeah, and that's 
And the Nets are really good. They'll make you do that. I mean, Kevin Durant is is incredible. And the Nets were playing so poorly. Like, you kind of – I mean, I don't think it's so much I – mean, James Harden is still a war criminal. Like, people who like <laughs> him, he like, he's terrible. He does boring stuff. It's just like I, – I, like, I don't have – but Durant is poetry. Right. Durant is great to watch. Uh, yeah, he had 11 points and 12 – played all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, but I'm trying to look at the box score, and it's like the Nets, like it just feels like they still get some more out of, you know, they have Durant and Harden, and you're hoping, okay, can Luka and Kristaps match them? And to be fair, I don't think, you know, Luka and Kristaps match them because I think Luka played a really poor second half and Kristaps yeah, played KP. a so, so did KP. But then, you know, you go down the list of, of the role players and like, man, how cool would it be if the Mavericks had something like somebody like Nick Claxton uh, to play center, like, you know, Bruce Brown, it does makes a lot of fun plays like Paul Millsap played three minutes. I mean, he didn't look great, but like he played three minutes and had three rebounds. And it's like, man, could the Mavericks have a big that could do that? James Johnson, who the Mavericks could not get any good play out of at all scores 12 points on five of seven shooting. Like, the Nets are spoiled, you know, Patty Mills, like, and obviously they're spoiled because like people want to play with Durant and Arden and, you know, the Mavericks are in Dallas and they don't have the a complete roster. They, they just don't have a start, you know, the roster isn't good enough yet where guys are going to like take discounts or, or, or go somewhere with a lesser role. Uh, well, you know. it's I mean, funny but, you say that yeah. because we got, this is what we call a tease folks. Josh and I received a column from old friend of Mavs Moneyball. Those of you who have been following the site for a long time, Andy Tobolowski sent us a piece today that he wants us to run. I don't know when we're going to run it, but it was along those lines where it's just like, hmm. And I, I can't wait for people to read it because, like, Josh is a phenomenal writer. We have some very good writers in the site. Andy just has a way of stabbing you and when you're least expecting it with words. And I, I just, I love reading him. So we'll see what, we'll see what we do. Do you got um, tomorrow might be a good, people do you think we should, okay, let's talk about this after the yeah, show. No. Actually, people, people are mad online, which is really weird because like, I thought maybe the Memphis, like, I don't know the all, previous two shellackings. <laughs> <laughs> like all things considered losing three to, to a team that's, likely going to be in the NBA finals or at least in the Eastern conference finals is not the, the worst thing in the world, but yeah. I guess it's just, you know, they had a 17 point lead in the second half. Uh, and that's, that's tough. That's, that's tough. We haven't even gotten to Josh green uh, playing because the Maverick, because the Mavericks got bullied online so hard. Yeah, and um, guys, um, for the record, he stinks. So <laughs> tired of talking about it. That was well, putting really him on James funny. Harden is just not fair. No, I don't like, what are you doing? Like, he, like he, he, Josh Green can't get off the bench on the second night of back to back against a Memphis team where you don't have Luke or KP, but he's going to play seven minutes against one of the best teams in the league. Like, like obviously they were pissed off about that Bane stuff. Like, what? There's no other reason why he played. I mean, I know Sterling Brown was out, but I I don't think Green was in the rotation when Brown missed time earlier in the season. So uh, that was just that was funny to me, but um. Maybe another thing we should say is this was a bad Maxi game, uh, and he. I mean, it, it just if you re- like, I just keep coming back to the fact where if you have to rely on these dudes, I know what are we doing? Like there was one stretch where Dorian got an incredible steal and should have either taken it, dunked it, or did something, and instead passed it back to Maxi, 
who botched the whatever the hell it was, where it's just like it was a three-on-one, and then the Mavericks didn't score at all in this possession. He missed free throws. He wasn't good on defense. Like, it's just one of those games where I feel bad because it's just like I'm tired of watching the Mavericks put these guys who are not quite good enough in these positions. Right. I don't want to be mad at Maxi. No, I don't. But it's a shame that he kind of feels like the barometer. Like, when he plays well, they, yeah. they win. And if they if he doesn't, they don't. Uh, which is difficult because you know he's a almost he's going to be thirty at the end of January and he's a role guy undrafted. You know, it's, it's a lot of pressure. But man, you know, fourteen minutes, zero points, one rebound. Uh, he's supposed to be your second best big. Uh, it's hard to win games uh, like that. But man, I mean that you're down the whole route. I mean that's everyone. Like you said, you know, Hardaway and Bullock combined to go over thirteen on threes. Uh, Brunson had a good first half, but man, he was he. Sh- I don't want to say like he shrunk, like it was more just his production shrunk. Like he did not have a productive fourth quarter at all. I mean, nobody did, but you're just hoping he's supposed to be the guy, you know, the secondary playmaker on the team. It's maybe an unfair role for him, but I mean, he, he, he took one shot in the fourth quarter and missed it and had zero stats across the board in the fourth quarter, which is just, that's difficult. And Luca, you know, Luca wasn't, Luca the, the entire game and you, you just can't win like that. They shot 19% in the, in the fourth quarter, 421. Yeah. I just, Oh God, that's painful. Yeah. All right, folks, Josh and I'll be back at it tomorrow night. Cause the Mavericks play a very different time, um, which is disappointing. It's like Josh and I are going to be able to, you're going to be able to go play halo. I'm going to be able to go <laughs> consider downloading halo and then not actually do it i don't want i don't want to play till after the new year because I, I just don't have time until christmas well if it makes but, me feel any better the single player doesn't come out till tomorrow afternoon so unless you want to play multiplayer wait why okay that makes more sense they, they released I, the multiplayer early because it was ready and the yeah no but i was watching a couple of guys that i know like chris barnwall writes for uprocks and he uh-huh. like released you know it's like i've seen a bunch of oh yeah the of, embargo for the reviews was mm, like Monday. okay very good so you, so you have time you don't have to play. well i'm gonna go much like the mavericks um on my post-game options are going to be involving watching lost in space because they can't hit threes and we'll see what happens that's a terrible <laughs> analogy whatever all right kirk henderson josh bow mavs moneyball after dark uh stay tuned tomorrow i'll probably post the green room uh a little after lunchtime hopefully we'll keep it short but you never know people are pissed um and then you and i'll be back tomorrow night right yep all right it's been fun um well i mean as fun as it can be we'll talk to you guys later and thanks for hanging out whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the ee system technology for yourself go to unifiedhealing.com slash blue wire to learn more and find a center near you that's u-n-i-f-y-d healing.com slash blue wire no material or testimonials on the unified healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.